Y'all want some upgrades? Well, upgrade this. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. I'm Jace. I'm Kelsey. And tonight we're going to be going on to The Age of Steel, Episode 6, Season 2, David Tennant. Ooh. And Part 2 of Rise of the Cybermen. Yes. And we we literally come in at the very beginning, exactly where we left off, and they give us a second cliffhanger with the theme song. Oh, man, yeah. That was fun stuff right there. But, My arms um, have been tired all week hanging on that cliff. I tell you what, were they going to be alive? Were, was the, were they dead for good? <laughs> Is the series over? <laughs> yeah, well, we know the series ain't over till it's over. <clears throat> but yeah, so so of course, um, Ricky was the one that saved the day in that one where he has that, uh, I don't know, what, what kind of weapon was he using anyway? Some I don't sort of a... The van saved them. He was using the van. He was there in like the um, in the Zeppelin. He he made a short circuit happen. No, 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 no. At the very, no. very beginning, how did they? The it was that oh, gotcha. diamond jewel thing, right? I don't even it's remember. Good. I was oh yeah, that little like diamond thing. Yeah, I was like, yeah. the, I thought it was a doctor, and, yeah. it was, and it then the van the showed up, and I was like, everyone get in. Yeah, it wasn't very memorable. <laughs> Wait, how do you guys feel about the fact that, you know, we had this giant cliffhanger that Colin was having issues with his arms with, and then just having the doctor just, like, it was the doctor, right, pulling out this little diamond thing and being like, oh, by the way, zap. I, I just mean, feel like normally with cliffhangers, the doctor kind of figures out more clever ways to deal with things, and I was kind of expecting that instead of just, like, a random boop. Cool, I know, I was right? like, I was kind of settling into the couch, and I totally didn't even see what happened. So, yeah, it was too quick and yeah. not really fun. I agree. I One of my opinions on this episode is I really felt like, it, even though it's a two-parter, it was definitely one where it's like one plot the first half of the, or the first episode, and then a, pretty much a separate plot for the second episode. A separate plot. I mean, it, it, like they were connected, but it was very different. Stories and even like the tone of the stories was very different, and the focus of them. I felt like you could almost have summarized the first episode in the first five minutes of the second episode, and then continued with the second episode. You know, like they were that disjointed. Like they I do obviously really were connected, but like not. Yeah, there, there's there's connection, but also like the first episode was very slow to set up. Yeah. And to set the tone and the pace. And, and this had a lot of things established and they ran with it. So I, I do feel like the, the feel of the episode was very different, even yeah. if it was certainly centered around the same kind of subject matter and, you know, main kind of issue. Yeah, but the Cybermen really didn't show up until the end of the previous episode. So 
I mean, like, yeah. they were hinted out, but, like, they didn't show up in full force as a real threat until um, the end of that one. So in this one, it was, like, a full Cyberman episode. That's a good point. Uh, just the ending of it, I think, made me uh, really just take away, you know, just Cyberman all over it, even the name of the episode. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was anticipating it the whole time based on that, so. I mean, I, I definitely think this episode made me like the first episode better, because the first episode was basically... 100% a setup episode, and I thought it was a little bit slow to set everything up, but I don't know if you needed a full other episode to do as much as they did, um, but, I mean, we're not at ratings, but, like, I, I did enjoy how it all kind of came together. Like, I felt like this episode was all action, and the last episode was all set up. I feel like they did that mainly to kind of you know, establish Mickey and Ricky's character more. That's the only reason I could see them needing to, like, space it out as much as they did, which yeah. is a very important part in Mickey's development as a, well, he's not here anymore, but I guess yeah. it was a good part in their development. And I guess they just kind of wanted to give him a last hurrah and give him his time in the spotlight before he decided to just randomly become a part of a Scooby-Doo gang. Yeah. Of two. Yeah, and I mean, if they didn't take that time developing Ricky, I, I really wouldn't have felt for him when he had his demise either. Is that Mickey? Wait. R- R- Ricky's the one who died, Mickey's the one who's oh, okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> it, it gets confusing in parallel universes with nearly identical people. Uh, <laughs> Ricky's the one that, uh, of course, uh, is the most wanted for um, parking tickets. Yeah. Yeah, so that made it more, that, that really made Ricky and Mickey come together more in terms of, you know, just character and persona after we learned that fact in terms of what he was most wanted for. I kind of like that too because, you know, Mickey and Ricky are both kind of just like kind of ridiculous characters to a degree. And the fact that like Ricky was like, oh, I'm most wanted. And he was like, oh yeah, by the way, parking tickets. I feel like that was a really good similarity between Mickey and Ricky. They're both just like, you know. A lot of fluff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Similar enough that you could just take the guy's life, you know, if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I really liked the, what's her name? Old lady character, Price. What's her first name? Angela Mrs. You Price. Mean Mrs. Moore? Yeah, yeah Mrs. Moore. She, I thought that her interactions with the doctor were, was like, that was like one of my favorite aspects of this episode because I was almost like she should be a companion because... Like, she kind of just got it and was like, all right, you want to do this? Like, let me just beat up this Cyberman and, like, I know what to do. I'm smarter than anybody else here. And she kind of took it all in stride. And so I was, like, actually kind of sad when she died, which well, I'm not always had, sad when, like, a side character dies. She, she, I think she had more characterization in this episode than in the previous episode because yeah. we got to meet her Agreed. through the Doctor. And I think that was, that was why it made it so much more impactful when she did pass away. Yeah. She wasn't really that old. She was just, she was actually a mom. Obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, older than the other people, other than the doctor, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how pigmentation in your hair can really change, you know, how old you were. <laughs> well, she had a lot of wrinkles, too. Okay, speaking of, like, <laughs> physical aspects, like, <laughs> I, I just know the first time that the what's the guy's the main villain's name John Lumick yeah the first time he shows up as a Cyberman all I can think was like why is he still in a wheelchair like isn't the whole point of him being a Cyberman like that his body has no limits and then it's like oh let me just more like a throne yeah but still it's like he was all connected to it he looked like 
he yeah. it was still like life support on him and then eventually it like breaks off so he can chase him up the ladder but I was kind of like well what's the point it's not like a Cyberman would get tired by standing like why do you need a chair just have him be painted gold or something if you need to like distinguish between him <laughs> and, and the other one well it's possible yeah. he was still like he was still being up up Oh, in the middle of the process. That's something I didn't consider. I thought it was mostly a, you know, a continuity device. Just for you to, like, as soon as you recognize, you can know who the person is. Yeah. Kind of a thing. If he's he's still hooked up with machinery, you know, and and bound by a chair. I was kind of hoping for, like, a Darth Vader moment where it's, like, the, like, breathing. Because, you know, he was having trouble breathing at the end. Like, yes, I am the Cyberman. (laughs) But, no... No such thing. I have a question about the Cybermen. So, from my understanding, the Cybermen are pretty high-minded, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so, traditionally, you know, at least in our universe. That's a good point. But, you know, the Cybermen don't just think on their own. They have, like, a supreme leader that they follow after. And that I was kind of confused at that one scene in which the guy was like, oh, I'm dying, it's not time yet. And the, the Cybermen were like, no, it is time we're gonna upgrade you and he was like no stop like I that like that was just kind of weird because it was almost as if the Cybermen were kind of thinking for themselves and also disobeying their quote leader I didn't yeah. know yeah. exactly I well, mean so- been, I don't think Lumic had been integrated into the system where all the Cybermen think together and the Cybermen were starting to take on the ideal of what a Cyberman is supposed to do is supposed to go and upgrade everybody including the one who's going to ultimately be the cyber controller. That's kind of a theme with the Cybermen is that they themselves break off from the original the original intent of the Cybermen and become stronger as a well in, in their sense stronger as a unit. So yeah, I, mean, I think that this is actually the difference between uh, them being just robots and them being cyborgs is because they actually don't follow orders exactly. So my thought on the whole thing is it's almost like an iRobot scenario where the guy is asking for help and the robot is responding and doing this to its the best of its ability is just not in the way that the guy expected. So he's saying, like, help me, I'm dying, save me. And the robot's like, well, the best way I can save you is to upgrade you. And even though it's not what the guy expected, the robot's still following orders. It kind of reminds me of that Rick and Morty episode where, like, Rick and Morty kind of leave and the spaceship's like, keep Summer safe. Oh, yeah. yeah. The spaceship kind of does anything and everything to protect Summer, even if Summer's like, don't do this. And it's like, okay, emotional abuse, don't do this. Oh, bring in spider things into the whole episode, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. R- rigid, literal, you know, interpretation of its own programming. Yeah. You know, it's to really overwrite the intentions of the creator. Right, yeah. like when he was like, Oh, I, I want to, you know, be human to my last breath. And he's just like, well, then stop breathing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very unemotional. He want, He's thinking from a human's emotional standpoint. And the Cyberman does not have that with the uh, inhibitor in place. Well, plus, though, it's like it's very cruel of him to be forcing this whole Cyberman thing on everyone if he himself knows and understands that, you know, people wouldn't want that. <laughs> Well, he doesn't want it, so, yeah, it is very Yeah, cool. you know, because, like, in the previous episode, it sort of seemed like maybe he thought that this was best, that people would genuinely be better, and, you know, 
Yeah, but then why did he have a special Cyberman created for him where right. he still had a little bit of free thinking? Yeah, even his assistant, his work with him for years, the closest one to him, just wanted to Mr. Crane. Yeah, he goes you know, take them. him out at the end of it. Well, fact, because not only does Mr. Crane go against him, but Pete well, Tyler, yeah. who's been working for him forever, actually is a double agent himself who doesn't agree with what's going on, which I thought was kind of a nice twist. Yeah. I thought it was pretty B.A. when he just was like, no, I don't want this earpiece in me. Like, I'm just going to walk in there and pretend like I want a real upgrade and try and kill the dude. Yeah. It was well, almost like a like a parallel to the first scene of the first episode where the other guy is like, oh, like, we should probably put these safety things in place and we need to get permission from so-and-so and then he gets killed. I'm sure this other dude was there watching and was like, well, obviously I can't just... Like, openly disagree with a guy. <laughs> yep. I think that I wasn't, given everything that happened with Mickey, I wasn't really expecting him to kind of just make that big decision on staying in the parallel universe because I feel like he really proved himself to everyone around him, especially the doctor. And then he was like, oh, by the way, I'm not going back with you guys. And that's just kind of like an real. <laughs> For Rose, that's kind of like in a really obscene way of breaking up with someone. Well, okay, but but at the same time, first of all, Rose, you know, has ditched him on numerous occasions and continues to treat him poorly. But also, you know, now he has nothing left to prove. He's proved it all, so he can go and live his life the way he wants to, and what he wants to do is be with his grand. Yeah, but like that's also where he's he has a purpose and where he has meaning at this point. Uh, I think, you know, I gained a lot of respect for Mickey here. You know, he, he grew his spine and he became fiercely competent, very useful, even more than he had been in the past. And he really found himself and, and went on to forge his own path, not connected to the Rose or the Doctor or tagging yeah. along beside them. And it was something where it was a big change for him. And it's something that I really respected. Well, even the Doctor yeah. was like relying on him because he knew he was talking to him during that whole, like, end sequence where he's like, oh, what I would do is put these numbers in and look up this code and stuff. So he knew that, like, Ricky had his back and, like, was going to get the job done that he was sent to do. Mickey. Or Mickey. Dang it. That's <laughs> just too You guys do have a point, though, because I'm over here thinking he's leaving a huge life behind, leaving Rose behind, everyone that depends on him, but he doesn't really have that much over there and it's not like people every day get to have do-overs like the opportunity that he was presented with there you know he gets to go to paris yeah so he, he gets his yeah. he's getting he's getting his own adventures in a in a world that is completely different than his own does he yeah. have like a family or was the grand the only it was, family? the grand was the only family okay so he was like completely alone in the real world <laughs> well, the fake real world. <laughs> back to Rose, Pretty though, much. It sounds like, like he talks to Jackie every now and again, but what it's not like they're both. Gone. Yeah, I can see that. But I mean, she's got the doctor, so it's kind of hard to uh, compete with him. Well, also, it's like, are you going to keep hanging out with your ex-girlfriend's mom, like, after <laughs> she runs off with the do- with the doctor? <laughs> Well, that is one part that's kind of sad in all this, is that Jackie loses someone that's close to her, that kind of keeps her grounded in the fact that Rose isn't there. I know, despite the fact that she accused him of murder for an entire year. 
Yeah, but I think they obviously have grown closer between that point in time and oh, now. Oh, well, well, yeah, I, I'm just saying it's a pretty amazing relationship. Yeah. But on, mean, the, on the flip side, Parallel Jackie really took a hit in this episode. Uh, we lost her. Maybe that's why Mickey thought this universe might be the place for him. Yeah, maybe he wants to <laughs> save robot Jackie. Um, speaking of, like, parallel universe parents, like, I have to say that I was a little bit uncomfortable by Rose's interactions with her father in these past two episodes. I almost felt like she was, like, flirting with him. Like, if he didn't know what was going on. She's just like, oh, like, you are a good guy. Like, let me hold your hand. This, like, young, cute girl. Oh, you're having rocky marriage. Like, let me talk to you about it. It just kind of made me a little bit. And I know maybe that wasn't the intent, and I was just being... I mean, this is a from, man that was supposed to be her father and who had died. No, yeah, but, but, I know. From his perspective. but from his perspective, it's like, oh, this hot young girl is like oh, yeah, interested yeah, yeah. in me. No, it, and it that's why at the weird. end where he, he she's like, that's why he rejects I'm, her. Yeah. Like, she's like, I'm your daughter. And he's like, what the heck? Like, all my thoughts have been really inappropriate up till now then. Like, <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> yeah. But now Mickey can explain to Pete because he's now over in the network. I don't know. I just... I just I don't know. I felt like they could have made that interaction a little bit less flirty. Yeah, and I think it's really, like, only flirty, you know, if you're, you know, not on the inside. But I think the audience largely was. Like, seeing, you know, her hold her dad's hand when it looks like they're all about to be killed by Cybermen doesn't seem, you know, that out of order. But... But certainly from his, his mind's eye. Yeah. Yeah. From his point of view, it's so. like, oh, this cute and young almost girl. entire, like, complete stranger is just holding my hand. Yeah, so that, I don't know. That just... I might hold a stranger's hand if I was about to die. Well, another thing that was interesting, because, you know, Pete and Jackie in this universe were going through a divorce, but still he was devastated to find out, you know, that she had been turned into a Cyberman, and I think that we saw a lot of the love that they had had before all the, you know, fighting, or maybe amid their fighting at the beginning, you know, you just kind of saw that spark of it there after she had been turned into a Cyberman. I think that's kind of the story of them in the other universe, too. You know, it seemed like there was always contention. It wasn't an easy relationship to have, but they were still connected to each other, you know, the whole time, even though it, it seemed like he had ambitious kind of crazy ideas. She was trying to be more stable, <laughs> Oh, yeah, in each world, one of them dies, and in the parallel universe, it's the opposite person, but each yeah. spouse has the same exact reaction. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. That's a good point. One thing I wanted to bring up was Jake's relationship with Ricky. A lot of a lot of fans out there are curious as to how close they those two were, because Jake really takes Ricky's death very hard, and really kind of lashes out at Mickey um, afterwards, which kind of makes sense, because... Mickey's not a replacement. He's a completely different person, as he points out in the episode. But I find that kind of... It's kind of touching seeing how how strongly Jake reacts. They must have been obviously... Like best friends. That's, that's kind of how I took it, is like, they're BFFs, and then this happens. Yeah. And plus it was, you know, the... Ricky was clearly running this organization and everything, so it also was sort of like now... That probably he's probably thinking, oh, that now comes down to me, and this other guy thinks he can just take Ricky's place, and did he we have, looks like him. Did we have any Jake parallels in the other universe? No, that we know of. Maybe Jake was Rose. 
<laughs> Seems like the closest parallel, honestly. Too bad his name wasn't Jack. That would be really funny. Jack and Rose. <laughs> that Rose is a dog over in this universe. I don't want Mickey getting with that dog. I'm so oh my goodness. That's a very disturbing thought. <laughs> I still think that the Rose dog becomes canine <laughs> in this parallel universe. The Rose Man. dog upgraded to canine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There is a first in Doctor Who uh, in this episode, and this oh, is the first time we hear the David Tennant's incarnation say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, this is kind of a running quote. It's one of his catchphrases. Yeah, throughout his tenure, but I just thought I'd point that out. To throughout David's or like yeah all throughout David yeah throughout David's oh. although I think Peter Capaldi may have said it yeah. it's once. like one of the tenets of his character. But <laughs> 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 Oh, and another parallel is um, to the Ninth Doctor's quote, "Rose, I'm coming to get you." Well, in this case, it was Mickey that says it when he's in the Zeppelin, actually piloting it over to the top of the building. I thought that was kind of a cool little parallel where uh, Mickey actually... It, it's almost like it's come full circle. Mickey becomes the hero in that. Yeah. yeah. No, True. Mickey definitely, like, stepped it up in this episode. Yeah, Mickey... I think this is what really made the episode for me. You know, Mickey's story arc is complete. You know, in a lot of ways, he went from zero to hero. He really made a name for himself. And Hercules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Praise to Mickey. <laughs> All right, maybe we should go on to ratings. All right. So I will start, you know, as as the ratings trailblazer of the group. Um, This was a good episode. I really liked it. It had a lot of fundamentals. It had a classic enemy in a new light in a parallel world with some parallel characters. And um, there was was good side character action. As I just said, you know, Mickey's story arc here, I think, was really done justice. Um, and while it might have been nice for him to end up with Rose, you know, it's a different flavor of an interaction that gave him, you know, so much respect in my eyes, especially in comparison to how some other similar characters might be treated later on in this story. <clears throat> Rory, perhaps. Um, but I, so much more about this episode, I, I thought, really just wrapped up in a cohesive manner. I think there's always some general Doctor Who... Um, you know, potential plot holes or potential ways to solve the problem more. Like, if I was the doctor, why don't we take a trip in the TARDIS back to when, you know, our our, uh, mastermind had the idea of creating a Cyberman army. Instead, everybody splits up in an extremely dangerous fashion to save their one in particular person or their connection that they're with while the doctor goes off with, you know, Angela to try and save the whole universe. Um, but in general, I like the story. I think it was a great finishing for a setup, which we don't always see. For me, this episode is going to get an 8 out of 10. Okay, um, I will go next. So I I like this episode much better than the setup episode. Um, like I said earlier, I, I really feel like the first episode in this two-part was completely a setup. There wasn't much going on. I was a little bit... I don't want to say bored, but kind of, like, wary of where it was headed. And this episode starts off with a bang, and just, like, the whole episode is very engaging and a lot of action, and I was kind of at the edge of my seat the whole time. So I really enjoyed that. Um, There were a couple of 
things that I didn't quite get, like why when they got rid of the emotional inhibitor, everybody exploded. That was a little bit surprising. I, I thought that it would be more like the one robot where they found like Sal. I think her name was Sally, where she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm really sad and I'm cold and my husband or my future husband can't see me. You know, that was a kind of a tragic moment. And then the rest of Cybermen, it's like as soon as they their inhibitor was gone, they just exploded. So that was a little bit confusing. Um, I really liked the development of Mickey in this episode. I thought that the ending was really good. Um, I kind of thought it was like a nice tied up ending for his character. Like he left on the highest note he could and he kind of let Rose go because he knew it was going to end anyway. I mean, we've seen a lot of like flirtation between her and the doctor and she's been even when they kissed once in these, this episode, I was kind of like, oh, are they still together? Have they ever kissed before? I can't even remember the last time I've seen, like, a relationship kind of interaction between the two of them. So I felt like that was a good, like, tied-up character. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to give – I agree with Colin. I'm going to give this one an 8, like, based on the whole story. All right. I guess it's my turn. So um, I – really kind of like this episode. Um, I really like um, starter episodes, too, only because I like how they just kind of build up a lot of anticipation. But for this one, I really like the new rebirth of the Cybermen, and I really liked how, you know, the intentions behind the Cybermen being to help people live forever was kind of explored because it's like, oh, you look at a bad character and think that they're evil when the people creating the character sometimes are like, I'm doing better for the world in my own twisted kind of convoluted way. So, um, I don't know. I kind of like that instead of just being, I'm making these killing machines. Have fun with them. But I also just like the realism of this episode. Um, I liked how there wasn't a super happy ending with regards to, you know, the Doctor and Rose having to abandon Mickey. But Mickey ultimately pursuing his dream, which is to matter in life. And I feel like he's mattering in life more there. What I didn't like was the decision to make everyone essentially kind of commit mass suicide by, you know, unlocking their emotions and kind of paving the way of, like, this is who I am, I am cold, why am I like this, and dying, I just feel like that's pretty messed up and not a method I would would see the doctor or really like the doctor to kind of go about things, but I guess that there really was no other way. So I thought that was kind of dark and a little messed up and outside of the Doctor's character and just making everyone just die in complete pain and agony of what they've become. But for that reason, I think I'm just going to step down for an 8 and give it a 7. All right. Yeah, I I think that um, I I, I agree with a lot of the points that that have been said before. Um, To Kelsey's point about the exploding, yeah, I think it would have been a lot better and more impactful to have them all, you know, break out in just really real despair and, you know, sadness and kind of, you know, shut themselves off type of thing. I think that would have been a much better, you know, way of of that impacting them. I mean, yeah, explosions are cool and all, but that would have made more sense and, and, you know, it just would have been better. (laughs) Um, I also thought that Mickey was phenomenal in this. I think that he really stepped up and, you know, his character development has just really shown through this and the actor did a really great job as well. 
Uh, I thought that this one was um, definitely better than the last one, and it was really good. It wasn't, you know, over-the-top phenomenal, so I'm going to give it a 7.5. Um, I didn't have so much of a problem with the exploding heads because not all the Cybermen's heads exploded. I think it was only like two or three of them. A lot of the other Cybermen were just kind of writhing in pain. And I think, obviously, some people have more of a, of a emotional attack, almost, for these kinds of things. So I guess it just overloaded their circuits. Um, I think this had a great atmosphere. Obviously, this was definitely played off for the fact that it's an adventurous, um, on-the-edge-of-your-seat kind of movie adventure, almost. Um, I think that's why I like this episode, and this episode's going to get a 9 out of 10. Wow. way And uh, that concludes our Cybermen story. Oh, one thing I should mention is that this was also the first time Murray Gold's Cyberman theme is heard. Ah, thank you, Murray. Yeah. And the days when we could actually recognize when the Cybermen were there. <laughs> well, that's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We always love to hear you hear us. <laughs> we are listening. All right. Bye. Adios. Adios. Check us out.